0: Well, hello, and welcome to Sips and Sensibility, a podcast where three best friends from college talk about Jane Austen adaptations. This season, we're discussing Austen adjacent films. I'm Julia, I'm Beth, and I'm Laurie. Today, we're discussing Austenland. You can find Austenland on Amazon Prime for 2.99, or you can watch it with your Star subscription. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, at Sips and Sensibility Pod, and give us a like on Facebook. You can also rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. We would love to hear your thoughts. So, ladies, before we discuss this fascinating film, what you sipping?
1: I am sipping on house wine. Of oh, course. yes. <laughs> I asked Ben when I should drink, and he said house wine, of course. It's tradition. <laughs> <laughs> but this is actually the original flavor though, so just mm. the The Brute Bubbles, I think it is. The white one. Yes, Mm. it's great so far. What about you, Lori?
2: I am currently sipping on a Mike's Harder lemonade. Mm. Um, It's the 8% volume. Yeah, I have very limited options right now. (laughs) I need to go to the
0: store. Julia, what about you? So I've gone back into the old Twinings variety tea box, and I picked up an herbal tea. It's the Twining's Raspberry and Pomegranate Herbal Tea.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who live in the south of North America, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you may be aware that it's about like 90-ish degrees right about now. Mm -hmm. But the office that I am working in now literally felt like 50 slash 60 degrees. I was freezing. um, So I need this tea to kind of... Warm up and also just like get you in the Austin mood, you know.
1: Well, y'all, today we are talking about the 2013 film Austin Land. This was originally a book written by Shannon Hale and actually a company owned by Stephanie Meyer, who wrote Twilight, produced this movie.
0: Wild, Uh, right? Of the famed Twilight, which I've actually never seen, but
1: I know a lot about. What? That's Okay, that is
2: not me condoning um the quality of Twilight. It is a
1: it's a must-watch movie, but it is a terrible movie.
2: It is a pop culture phenomenon, but like girl. I just
0: wasn't allowed to, you know, vampires and everything. Ridiculous. I know.
1: So the story follows Jane Hayes, and she is just like us. She is an Austin obsessed lady. To the point that her whole house is decked out in Austin paraphernalia. So maybe a little more obsessed, but... <laughs> yes, maybe a little more obsessed than we are. And her, her and her friend decide that because she has been unlucky in love, it is a good idea for her to try this Austin land experience. So she decides to book this vacation. And she goes there and she meets... Um, someone who ends up becoming a great friend of hers who goes by the name of Mrs. Charming. Meanwhile, Jane is assigned the name of Miss Erstwhile, and they meet the proprietor of Austin Land named Mrs. Waddlesbrook. And so these two ladies set out on this adventure in Austin Land. Um, They get to have kind of the experience as you might in an Austin time. They go bird hunting. They do a lot of activities that were um, significant in the time some really bad cross stitching in the mix <laughs> and some really interesting piano playing as well um, and of course you can't have austin without romance mm-hmm. and so included in this package is the guarantee that they will experience romance with one of mrs wallbrook's actors um so our three main girls we have that are experiencing this austin Lane experience we have Jane, who goes by Mrs. Erstwild. We have Elizabeth, who's Mrs. Charming, and then Amelia is there as well. And then we have our three men who are actors, um, Colonel Andrews, Captain East, and Henry Nobly. And this whole gang experiences all these things together, and of course, the men are romancing the ladies during this time. Well, Jane kind of sneaks off on her own, she starts a romance with a guy named Martin who just works there. He helps set up things behind the scenes. Um, Her and Martin have a little bit of a romance, but eventually things go a little bit south for them. And Jane decides she's really going to embrace this whole experience. She's just going to dive in. She's going to give into the romance that um, Mrs. Waddlesbrook has set up for her, this whole thing. Um, The group decides, of course, like any good, group of austin characters to put on a play and her and henry nobly are partnered together (laughs) (laughs) and despite their initial resentment and not getting along they actually turn out to have a pretty good time they do the play and they're both absolutely terrible at acting it hurt (laughs) it hurt so bad (laughs) um there's a big ball at the end and all of the guys are starting to propose to the women. Of course, we know that it's not real, but as a part of the story, they are proposing to their ladies. And at this time, Henry decides that he should share his true feelings with Jane. Um, she gets really upset and decides that she wants something real because the boundary between what's real and what's fake in this world is really confusing. Of course, Henry was actually confessing his real feelings, but Jane didn't know that. Jane snuck off to be with Martin, and then shortly afterwards, it was revealed to her that Martin was actually an actor as well, and he was the one who was assigned to making her fall in love. What? I know. <laughs> Truly what heartbreaking. <laughs> so sad for Jane, but also completely saw it coming. <laughs> it was very much to set up. Uh, at the end of the film, she goes to the airport. And Henry comes to her and confesses his love and promises that it's real. Well, unfortunately, Martin is there at the same time, also confessing his love and promising that it's real. So things do not go well and Jane goes home.
0: And I feel like it's worth noting that Martin is actually there on behalf of Mrs. Waddlebrook because Jane has said that she's going to uh, rat them out. Um There was an attempted assault by Mr. Walderbrook's Miss Walderbrook's husband. And so she says she's going to report that and get them shut down. So the reason that Martin's there is uh, just to unruffle her feathers as Miss Walderbrook says.
1: Yeah. So it's super difficult for Jane to tell which one of them is telling the truth. If either one of them are telling the truth and she just doesn't really believe them. She goes home. But of course, the story does have a happy ending for Jane. She is at her home when Henry shows up and again confesses his love to her. He says he's not an actor. He's a history professor and he loved getting to know her in this way. And she says, no, there's no way you can be real. This is a fantasy. And then he says, such an iconic line. (laughs) You are my fantasy. (laughs) And they live happily forever after. The end. So precious. <laughs> All right, y'all. So what did you guys think of Austin Land? It's, it's such a fun movie. And I want to know what y'all's thoughts were. Cause have you seen it before?
2: No, I haven't. I definitely enjoyed it. It took a little getting into like, and there were definitely some spots where I was like, Ugh, secondhand embarrassment is real.
0: Mm. But
2: overall,
0: it was really fun. Yeah, I honestly love this film. I have seen it before. I remember I was either early high school or middle school when I saw it for the first time at a friend's birthday party, and I didn't remember all of the details of the storyline, but I did remember that Martin was a rake. And (laughs) I just really loved getting to watch it again and look for the Pride and Prejudice Uh, parallels of which there are quite a few and I also honestly you guys I am a huge Jennifer Coolidge fan she plays Miss Charming and she's just such like a nostalgic presence for me because I think the first time I saw her was in the Hilary Duff Cinderella story and I've just loved her ever since then so I thought this movie was actually I thought it was really good
1: yeah I like this a lot too I saw it when it first came out and I've seen it Probably probably about five times since then. It's a good film that I come back to every couple of years. I just really do enjoy anything related to Austin. So, of course, I like <laughs> this as well. So, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> this made me sad when I was looking at it. And maybe we're just not a great representation of people who like Austin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but it has a 32% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, boo. I know, and a fifty-four percent audience score. It's not quite as bad on IMDb. It has a six, um, almost almost six and a half out of ten stars on IMDb. I I mean, I think it's good. I, I'm pretty surprised that the critics hated it so much. I mean, it's not amazing. It's no critically acclaimed film, but it's decent.
2: I think the key thing here is the difference between the critic score and the audience score. Because even if you look on like Amazon and look at its rating on Amazon, it's like four and a half out of five stars. So I think if you look at the critics that are looking for critical high dollar sign things that they look for, I don't know. Obviously, they're going to rate it bad. But I think most of us are looking for a good, funny, wholesome, loving Jane Austen film. And that's what you get.
0: Yeah, I feel like critics notoriously rate cheesy rom-coms just very badly and we're not looking for some like lori said critically acclaimed period piece here it's just fun the costumes don't have to be perfect because they're not real but there are pretty colors and honestly the soundtrack to this movie is really good Um, There were a lot of really pretty songs that I felt like played into emotions really well. And so I feel like even past just kind of the comedy and the cheesy romance, there was like very interesting set pieces and a a
1: really good soundtrack in my opinion. Yeah. And I really liked the setting a ton. And I actually was pretty convinced for the first part of the movie that it was shot at the same place that Pride and Prejudice is shot at. Same. And I don't know, like the 2005, not the 2005 version, but I was thinking the 1995 version.
0: Yeah. Because of the, the
1: yeah, because the way that when she's riding in, you see a shot of the big like lake or pond and then the house. And that Mm -hmm. reminded me so much of the famous pond that Colin Firth came out (laughs) of.
0: (laughs) One thing that I, now that you mentioned that, Beth, I felt like Jane had some costumes that mirrored, elizabeth in the 2005 pnp mm-hmm. yes. there's this one dress that she pulls out at the beginning that's like a pretty simple brown period yes dress. yes and then at the final ball scene she has on this kind of white gown with some like pearls or beads in her hair and she looks so much like elizabeth uh the netherfield ball scene i believe mm-hmm. and so i i mm-hmm. feel like that was definitely for sure
1: intentional um and pretty cool I actually read that some of the costumes, because, you know, gotta love the Amazon trivia. But I read <laughs> that some of the costumes from the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, I think for the, the livery, It's the groomsmen. Yeah. yeah. The guys. Mm. It's the same, like, the exact same costumes that they used yeah. in that movie. So it's funny that you noticed that too.
0: And I, I think it's amazing that they found costumes that were actually used in pretty accurate period pieces and yet the footmen themselves had super orange spray tans so like you're getting something pretty real but you also know there's something very fake about it i thought that was fun
1: yeah one of the things that i did like was the funny junction between It feels like a period piece but also all of the modern like modern contraption like devices and then language and stuff like that was so funny
0: There's just one moment that I want to touch on real quick that I felt like kind of sums up what this movie is doing. And there's a scene where there's a swan, but it's not what you would expect. It's not sitting there quietly on the lake, just gliding along. The swan is kind of awkwardly flying a few inches above the water and just like squawking really loudly. And I felt like it was just kind of a perfect metaphor for what this movie is doing. It's taking something that you would typically... See, is oh, just beautiful and wonderful and perfect, and showing some of the uh, true awkward ugliness that lies beneath. And getting deep there. Mm, yeah. So, let's talk about our Jane or Miss Erstweiler. She is played by Carrie Russell, who was actually pregnant while she was filming this. By the end of the movie, she was six months pregnant, and you can tell a you little bit. In a couple yeah. Of shots. yeah. yeah. So Carrie Russell played Lila Novak in August Rush. She played Lindsay Ferris in Mission Impossible 3. She played Felicity in the TV show Felicity. I'm sure you've probably seen her in some American television show or movie. But Carrie Russell played the character of Jane. And as Beth mentioned, she is just our Austin-obsessed gal. And she goes to the resort to just live out her austin fairy tale dreams but instead kind of winds up being drawn to the servant martin who really just does not care about staying in period he is listening to modern music and playing the saxophone Um, and then eventually she kind of starts falling for our mr nobly who is very very similar to mr darcy and her friendship as we mentioned with jennifer coolidge's character miss charming really brings out kind of a lighter, fun side of her. We get to watch her decide that she's just going to fully embrace the resort life and kind of try to seduce uh, (laughs) Captain George East, who's the resident hottie. (laughs) And so Jane's story kind of shows her going from someone who's having trouble living in the real world and just romanticizing Austin To experiencing an Austin esque romance, but not realizing that it's real and not being able to believe it's real. And then finally, at the end, she is able to accept that she can have something just as real as Austin in her real life. So, what did you guys think of Jane and Carrie Russell's portrayal of her?
1: I really like Carrie Russell. I've seen her in a lot of things over the years. Um, and I thought she did a great job of portraying Jane. She's good at just feeling like um, kind of like the girl next door. Like she just feels like casual and unassuming in a lot of ways, which I really like. One thing that stuck out to me a lot was that she loved Jane to the point of obsession. But at the end of the movie, when she comes home and she's kind of defeated and like, Man, what was this experience? Because the whole time she's questioning, like, is this real or is this fake? And is it wrong that these women are so, they're buying into it so much that they think these actors, like, truly love them and want to marry them? Like, is that wrong or right? And when she comes home, even though she loves Austin so much, she starts taking down all of those all of those things in her house, like she has this really iconic thing on her bed that says "Darcy was here," which <laughs> I love. That about was amazing.
2: The <laughs> giant dollhouse that she pushes out,
1: yes. Like, and the Colin Firth cutout, yes. Like she has all of these things, and she kind of starts to clear them out. And I really like it because it's not like she's rejecting Austin. She's just not codependent on it anymore. Like not dependent on it anymore. She still loves it but she realizes that she has to live in reality. And I think that's great because personally I can get so lost in books and stories that I find it hard to come back to reality. And I like to see that play out in her character. I
2: agree for a hot minute. I thought she was Natalie Portman. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. They look similar. Look up a picture, put them face to face. They do look similar. Um, But I agree with Beth. There was definitely this huge, like, character arc towards the end, where in the beginning, she makes this bet with her friend that if, you know, she doesn't find her love in Austin land, then she has to completely de-Austin her house. And when that happens in the end, I didn't feel like it was to keep up a side of a bet. I thought, okay, she's grown to the point where she doesn't need I heart Mr. Darcy over every single inch of her house. You know, like there's still bits and pieces here and there, but you can definitely see the character growth. And I just felt that Carrie Russell's acting throughout the entire film was really good and it stayed true to that character.
0: Yeah, I I really enjoyed Carrie Russell's performance and I thought she was a, a fun heroin heroine too because She's definitely a little bit more spunky and independent than some period Austin heroines. Um, She, when we talked about how she is attacked at one point, she totally beats up Mr. Waddlesworth, And by the time a man comes in, she's already taken them down, you know? So um, I appreciated that about her. I, I also, as you guys mentioned, she's kind of the rose colored glasses are, are coming off a little bit for her. She's realizing that, she really does need to live in, in reality. And I think that's an important thing for fans of Austen's works to remember because like you said, Beth, I can get so caught up in the romance of books. Like when we read Sense and Sensibility, I just came away literally depressed because I was like, <laughs> oh, that's it's such a good book and it's over now and I don't get to be a part of their stories. But we need to remember about the Regency time period that although there were things that were cool and great and probably peaceful and wonderful for some people, there were a lot of cons to that time period as well. I know there's been a huge discussion about there's just hardly any mention of slavery and racism. And and Austin does occasionally touch on classism, but there were definitely cons. And as we talk about Austin, we definitely need to remember that not everything about that was perfect. Now, Jane's journey isn't really about specifically realizing those things. I just thought that was an interesting tie-in. For her, it is more she needs to live in the present. And um, I really did love her romance with Henry. I thought it was super, so cute. And I thought it was really interesting that her connection with Martin, who wound up betraying her, and it was honestly fake the whole time. Martin is never in his period mode, if that makes sense. So I thought it was really interesting that the character that she's really drawn to, she's mostly just laughing it up with a normal, modern guy. And so I wonder if that kind of contributed to her uh, development at the end. So let's talk about Martin, that scraggly little boy. (laughs) So... Martin is played by Brett McKenzie, who you actually may know from the band Flight of the Concords. He's actually done more writing and musical writing than acting, but he did have some appearances in the Lord of the Rings films, and he was in The Hobbit, so that's fun. Which is
2: hilarious because at one point, Henry tells him that he couldn't get an acting part in The Hobbit.
0: I know. I and he's so in funny. The Hobbit. <laughs> I, fun little detail. Like the year before this was filmed. Um, so, Martin, as we said, is a, the hired actor in Austin Land who's supposed to be wooing Jane. And he's just such a Wickham esque character. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but from the very beginning, mm-hmm. I got bad boy vibes from him. So, he's really good at flirting, joking around, birthing Bulls, you know <laughs> like he he has a boat that they're riding on he brings picnics he's like stealing kisses when he's not supposed to he has bad things to say about all the other guys there so very Wickham-esque mm-hmm. to me and Brett McKenzie in my opinion just played that part so perfectly yeah and something about his face he just looks like that kind of character if that makes sense um he does he, fe- yeah. he feels yeah. a little
1: bit like a bad guy
0: So what did you guys think of Brett McKenzie and Martin?
2: I definitely think he played the I'm the bad guy, bad boy that you're supposed to fall in love with part to a T. Mm. Like he played that really well. And definitely not the I'm the good boy, bad boy, you know, like you got the kind of like "Mm," vibe off of him that sometimes you don't get. So I think he acted very well in this film.
1: I did too. I really liked him. I thought the character of Martin was interesting, like you were saying, because he was like a normal person, um, and that's who she was more drawn to in this world. But at the same time, I think we see at the beginning of the film why she's unlucky in love, and it's because she's drawn to not great guys. And I think this is another not great guy that she's drawn to. I mean, completely just... There were a lot of red flags in his behavior, even though he was still, like, acting the perfect gentleman role.
2: Yeah, there's a part, speaking of she gets drawn to the worst guys, there's a part at the very beginning of the film where she's at her work and her ex-boyfriend comes to her work, says, oh, I heard you got broken up with so you can go bowling with me. Breaks some of her stuff, she leans over, and then he slaps her on the butt. Like, um, sir,
0: that's sexual assault. And then he tells her that he was only dating her because he knows she's 30 and desperate. Like, it was horrible. Yeah.
1: So bad. So honestly, Martin didn't actually seem as bad as that. I don't know. Really, really not a fan of that first guy. But yeah, overall, I thought he acted it well, and I thought the character was really interesting. And one thing that I love that we haven't really talked about much is that you get to see little behind the scenes snippets of the actors, like in their, I guess they're like lounging, like by a pool. And it happens a couple of times throughout the movie where you see them just being themselves and not being their character. You really get a feel for what a not great guy Martin is. Contrasting the not greatness of Martin, though,
0: is Henry. Nobly, who is just such such a Darcy boy, such a Darcy boy. He's played by J.J. Field, who has been in a couple of things. He played Dr. Zach Ligon in New Amsterdam. He played Roy Lunn in Ford vs. Ferrari. And he actually played Henry Tilney in the 2007 TV movie Northanger Abbey. So oh, yeah. he is not a first time Austin man. So you're saying we might see him again. I don't know, maybe. But as we've said Henry Nobly is he's he's Darcy okay that's kind of his role in this film um he gets off very much on the wrong foot with Jane because he's doing his Darcy thing reading and not paying attention to anyone being very rude and we are actually led to believe at the beginning of the film that he's there to woo the other girl Amelia because there's only the two period men at first uh Colonel Andrew and Henry Nobley but then, when Captain George arrives, you know we just think he's maybe there for eye candy. Nobody really knows. Um, Jane thinks maybe George is there for her, but Henry Nobly, we never really realized that he was meant for Jane until George arrives. So when they begin talking to each other a little bit more, that's when they kind of start to uh, smooth out those rough edges. So they have quite a few Darcy Elizabeth-esque conversations where they rub each other the wrong way because he's prejudiced and she's prideful or vice versa. And then eventually as they get to know each other, they figure out that they have a lot in common. And and one really key difference between the Martin and Jane flirtationship versus the... Jane and Henry courtship is that Jane and Henry talk about real life. And they talk about, as we've been discussing the difficulties between drawing that line between, uh, you know, what's okay in this pretend world, you know, how far is too far and, in making this too confusing this, this relationship. And they have real conversations about life and, and why they're both there. And, and, Martin and Jane never really have real conversations. They just joke around. So we get to see a lot of nice uh, in-depth conversations between the two of them. And as Beth mentioned earlier, during the play that they all put on, there's just this precious moment where Jane is holding Henry as he's pretending to die. And he tells her he loves her. And it's just so cute. And the girls actually get to choose who they're going to uh, play opposite of in the play. And when Jane chooses to play opposite Henry, he just makes the cutest, most relieved face. And then obviously he runs after her when she flies back to America. And he reveals to Jane that he's a history professor, which just seems so perfect for her and her real life interests. So as the girls mentioned, there's the iconic line of you're my fantasy. But he also says to her during his confession of love, is it possible that someone like me can make you happy? Will you let me try? And I thought that was just so precious and sweet. So what did you guys think? Clearly, you know my thoughts of Henry (laughs) Nobley, played by J.J. Field.
2: I definitely liked him. And I think a key point that you pointed out was Henry and Jane's courtship versus her and Martin's flirtationship, which is just kind of beautiful because he is that perfect kind of compliment to her. He's a history professor, which is just perfect, may I just say. Love love me some history. And just kind of compliments her in a way that Martin never really did. It was kind of weird. Anyway, I just really liked his acting in this. And I thought he did a really good job portraying Henry,
1: who's our like faux Darcy. And it was just brilliant. Yeah, I really like J.J. Field. Um, He feels appropriate for that time period of being an Austin awesome man, just the way that he looks. Mm-hmm. One scene that I really liked was uh, they had just finished doing something and they were all riding away on horses. And Jagan's horse was being really stubborn and not moving. And Martin takes the horse and he's like, okay, don't worry, like I'll come back. Like, I'll come back for you with another horse. And obviously some like significant time passes and it starts raining really hard. And Jane is just by herself walking through the woods in the pouring rain. And Henry comes up to her and kind of rescues her. He actually ends up ripping her dress so that she doesn't have to ride side saddle so that they can both ride on the horse together. And he gets super mad at Martin for just leaving her alone alone. And I just loved that part. Like, it just showed his concern. And it's also such a Darcy moment because he's genuinely concerned for her and he's upset. But she is kind of upset with him and just feels, like, awkward and embarrassed because, like, he ripped her dress and, like, her undergarments are showing. And she looks a mess and she doesn't like him. She likes Martin and he's yelling at Martin. It's just this whole thing. So... I did really like that scene. I felt like it was a good show of his darciness and also kind of cute.
0: So the last character of note that we wanted to talk to you guys about was Miss Charming, or Elizabeth, who is played by the iconic Jennifer Coolidge, who I adore. And her character, you know, she's walking in there with the platinum package. She's there to have a good time. She's got her, like, super bad british accent that she is pulling out she is flirting hardcore with colonel andrew she's getting handsy and she is she's clearly very wealthy but she's so nice to jane and she helps her at one point steal fancier dresses to wear and she's always supporting her and uh, whenever amelia is maybe making snide comments Jennifer Coolidge, as Miss Charming, will come, you know, crying back to her about how horrible she feels. And um, so, Jennifer Coolidge's character, of course, has a fun and successful time, I suppose. It ends with a proposal, although apparently she gets too handsy at the end of the proposal because they flashed her sobbing and talking about how apparently she uh, maybe was being a little inappropriate. So, that's not good. Um, but Miss Charming tells Jane at the end of the movie that she is planning to buy Austin Land, which will be really fun because Miss Waddlesbrook is just kind of a pain and stuck up and snooty, a little Catherine de esque So she does, and there's some fun flash forward scenes at the credits where we see what she's turned Austin Lane into just like a super fun theme park so what do you guys think of Jennifer Coolidge and her amazing comic relief
2: okay I have some thoughts Julia don't hate me I liked her I thought she did well I just have this thing with Jennifer Coolidge where sometimes she can be a bit much to me oh she's a lot (laughs) and I don't know if this was her or the director's Because it didn't really say, but apparently most of her lines were actually ad-libbed for this, which is also very Jennifer Coolidge. I don't know. I Just sometimes the secondhand embarrassment was too much, and I kind of wanted to hide. Like, I almost skipped forward in a couple places.
1: She says a lot of, like, really random things. So just... (laughs) Like, she says like tally ho all the time and she has just <laughs> such a like wonderful attempt at a british accent and like there's just this one scene i really like the montage when um jane decides that she's gonna embrace austin they steal dresses from amelia and elizabeth is working on her hair and getting her all ready and i don't even remember the words that they're saying but <laughs> she just like keeps saying different words in a british accent like over and over with like emphasis on the way that her mouth is moving and she's like making jane say it and move her mouth in a certain way (laughs) i thought it was so
0: funny one of my favorite lines was (laughs) when uh captain george east arrives she just says chips ahoy (laughs) (laughs) And she also, when she's cross-stitching, she, like, stitches her glove into the fabric, and yeah, just all of her, during that scene that you are talking about, Beth, where she's getting Carrie Russell to repeat uh, British noises, I could tell that Carrie Russell was trying really hard not to break, but one of the things that she makes her repeat back is literally just a sound. Just like, like, (laughs) it was (laughs) so random.
1: Okay, so I have a couple more things that I'm just curious about. Y'all's opinion slash thoughts on just a few questions for you the first one is what parallels do you see between austin land and jane austen's novels or characters because the last movie we talked about the jane austen book club like obviously those characters were very tied in with the novels but it's not quite as obvious here and maybe there's not as many direct parallels so what did you guys think about the parallels between the characters in this movie and then Austin's characters.
0: Other than just kind of the parallels between Jane and Henry being, you know, vaguely similar to Elizabeth and Darcy. I felt like there were a couple of specific moments in the film that were very much intentionally mirroring Pride and Prejudice. One of those for me was when uh, they're having one of their first dinners at the house. They're kind of discussing you know how silly it is for people to come here henry is discussing how silly it is for people to come here and uh he's talking about how he doesn't know uh many interesting women just that kind of general thing and um jane is just defending women and that was so similar to me uh, the scene where Darcy and Elizabeth are talking at Netherfield for the first time. And he's talking about how he doesn't know any accomplished women. And then Amelia in that scene really parallels Caroline Bingley because she's, uh, you know, all on um, nobly side. And then there was another scene where Martin and I felt like oh, was such a parallel to Wickham and Wickham, you know, he's always finding a way to dig at Darcy and one of the times that he really gets to Elizabeth is when he reveals to her that, Oh, Darcy stole my fortune, which of course is not true. But I felt like Martin's parallel to this is he tells Jane he's after she's been saved by Henry on the horse. He says, Oh, the actors are paid to be valiant. And I felt like that had big, you know, Darcy stole my fortune vibes to me because it's making her question his integrity
1: yeah, that's that seems very true to me. I totally can see him as being Wickham.
0: I also felt like when Henry tries to stop Jane from going to visit Martin and then eventually comes in after she's been attacked, it had very big, like, Darcy saving Elizabeth during the um, whole Lydia situation vibes. And then the end scene does as well. There were just a lot of little parallels like that that I saw. One that was, like, a little bit more off the beaten path to me was Amelia's character she does definitely mirror a lot she does definitely mirror Caroline because she's pretentious and at first flirting nobly but eventually she comes to Jane after uh, Captain East has arrived and you know Jane's kind of interested in Captain East and flirting with him and everything and she tells her that, oh, they're, they've been secretly engaged since last year or whatever. And so I felt like that kind of had like Lucy Steele vibes a little bit. Yes. You know, she's just, yes, yeah. just going to do whatever she can to like get at her. And it was just so annoying.
2: Yeah, there's definitely some different uh, Jane Austen pulls here. Because for me, that scene where Martin just leaves Jane in the middle of the pouring rain and she comes and gets saved by another. Dashing man, uh, just reminded me of Sense and Sensibility a bit there. Martin, however, is definitely a Wickham character. I agree with everything Julia said. This man is trash. <laughs> um, more on my thoughts on Wickham later. But I think the Darcy parallels go even further with Henry because Missus Wattlesbrook is his aunt, so he has an aunt that looks down on Jane and mr darcy has an aunt who looks down on elizabeth i mean there's very close ties there to begin with
0: and then you know it's just darcy's prejudice against elizabeth for her family and at first henry's prejudice against jane because she came to this silly resort and then jane is kind of prideful about her situation and gets rubbed the wrong way by uh, darcy's pretentiousness and so just like that very general beginning of their relationship is also just so similar. So yeah, it was, it was a
2: cool parallel. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're here for the um, Pride and Prejudice, a uh, little tie in, it really hits right about the middle is when that quote unquote adaptation really kicks in.
1: It definitely does. And that's the main one that I saw. Truly. I felt like most of the characters were just their own individuals But really, I did see parallels between those three. Um, Martin and Henry and Jane felt like Wickham and Elizabeth and Darcy very much to me as well. Well, this is my next and last question. And it is, would you ever go to Austin Land or participate in an Austin Land-esque experience? We know that Jane kind of found there were some problems with that. But there's definitely some good things about it, too. So give me your thoughts on that.
2: Okay. One, absolutely. I would go. I would love it. You already know that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why you're asking me. If you find uh, a real place, please send it to me on Instagram because I want to go. I think the key point here is this story is inadvertently sending a message to really background check and research your vacations before you go on Mm (laughs) that. Like, figure out what the details are before you, you know, go on these trips. Because I feel like if Jane had done a little more research and learned exactly what the copper package was versus the platinum, maybe some things would have been different, you know? You know,
0: I I feel like I should waffle a little bit more. But to me, it's pretty straightforward. I would totally go. And and not for the romance because, you know, I'm married and I'm happy unlike Amelia, but <laughs> I would love to be able to be in kind of a role-playing situation where I could wear the Austin gowns and, you know, Practice cross-stitching and sitting by the lake in Red Horse's side saddle. If we could go as a group of three, I think that would be so fun. Not maybe exactly the same situation that they have here. I think going for the, like, boys is not the reason that it – I feel like it would it taint the part of the experience that I would be going for, if that makes sense.
1: Hey, one of us is single. <laughs> well I would definitely go I went to Harry Potter camp I mean (laughs) you gotta love an all immersive experience I do think I would find the romance part challenging I would not do well in that setting I mean I am very happily married but just if I was not I, I just would not thrive there I wouldn't but I would love the Austin Lane experience sans romance
2: I think speaking as the only single one here who is looking for romance, if I actually went to Austin Land and putting aside the whole living in the Regency era, the good parts of it, um, I think I would need written out who was assigned to me as a romantic partner. So I would have no like questions about what was happening. Like I would want to know. Mm. in advance what was going on because while I do love surprises um for the most part although some give me anxiety um I don't like I feel like if my feelings were being played with intentionally besides what I'd paid for there would be an issue so I would want to know who I was being quote-unquote assigned to
1: yeah there's definitely some uh, uh, problems with this and (laughs) the way that the actors are assigned to romance people it feels pretty wrong also on that note i think it's so weird because they make it very clear that they're not supposed to have physical contact with the actors but yet like martin and jane are all over each other like they kiss a lot and they're very touchy and it just feels really strange like just feels so strange yeah that he is acting and that he's required to do that as a part of his job like it really bothers me so yeah that part of it I think is definitely kind of out of the question mm-hmm.
2: I think we all have some decently strong feelings about this film I know there's some things I liked more than others but uh ladies what made or broke this
1: film for you well, I think one thing that really made the film for me is I actually love the montage of Carrie Russell, Jane, at the beginning of the movie at different stages in her life. Like it starts, I think, when she's young, and then she's in college, and then she's now. And just that she's always been obsessed with Jane Austen. And I love that whole part, but especially one of the clips in college, she goes into a Jane Austen class and then gets so excited to see like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And that was such a similar experience that I had in college, taking a Jane Austen class and finding y'all who also love Jane Austen in the way that I did. So I love that part of the movie. And I think what broke it for me (laughs) was just like, a little bit of the cheesiness. I really, oh, I do not like it how it ended with her, that, that part about the fantasy, like her saying, no, that's just a fantasy. And then him saying, like, have you ever stopped to think that maybe you are my fantasy? <laughs> and then, and then, this is the worst, they both say, tally ho. Yeah. <laughs> tally ho. Like, that's the yeah, last part. Like, they kiss and they say Tally Ho. And the You Are My Fantasy line was bad enough. <laughs> Tally Ho just made it <laughs> so much worse. So much cheesier.
0: Well, I have two make-its. One of them is the character Henry Nobly. I just really loved watching for all of the Darcy parallels. And I thought he had a lot of cute, like, Puppy emotionally tormented Darcy <laughs> moments, and then I also so I I love Jennifer Coolidge, but there was Am- Amelia. Amelia was a little bit overshadowed as um, a different comedic role, just because Jennifer Coolidge is so great. But she had a couple of moments that were just so funny. One of which was she pulls Jane aside to kind of confront her about something, and she's running so weirdly. Like she has her arms in this strange position and she's just so odd and quirky and weird in that scene. It just really made me laugh. And my break it, honestly, it's kind of hard for me to come up with one just because I feel like this is such like a feel good, silly movie. But I think my break it is just being reminded of how horrible Wickham is through the character of Martin. You know, I don't like
2: it. Yeah, I hate that man too. Uh, I think my break it, because I'm going to end on a make it. I have two, two, like one and a half, I guess. Parts of Jennifer Coolidge's like over the topness kind of like threw me out of it. And I think that's fair to say because I hate secondhand embarrassment to the point where I will skip plot points to escape it. Like I will skip the film. Um, So just like bits and parts of that just really weren't for me. And then the other one was like the questionable ethical decision of acting like you're in love with someone. Mildly is like, I'm toying with your emotions, even though you're paying for it. I don't know. I'm a softie and that would not end well with me. I think you two know that. My make it. Y'all stay for the end credit scenes. Stay for it. (laughs) Not only do you get a really cute, like, flash forward to see what um, Jennifer Coolidge's character has, like, made this Austin Land theme park into, but you also (laughs) get basically this, like, very short music video of the entire cast dancing in period costume to It's Getting Hot in Here while also playing on the piano. It was beautiful, and I cried. Note, I watched the very end of this at work on my lunch break, and (laughs) I was laughing, crying in the break room. I think I scared my boss.
1: Lori, you don't have a lot of options, but who would you date from (laughs) Austin Land?
2: Well, I wonder who it could possibly be. (laughs) I think I am safe in my decision here of choosing Henry. Um, Not only does he remind me of my... Oh, so beloved Darcy. Um, But also he's like one of the only decent men because half of them are questionably sexual predators. Then you have a Wickham lookalike. And then Colonel Andrews and Captain Easter just kind of like, I don't even know what their character development was.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I support that decision, Lori. Fully support.
1: I'm not surprised at all. He's basically Darcy. So. He's Mm -hmm. basically Lori's soulmate. Mm -hmm. So, Lori, you've told us about your man. Why don't you tell us about your drink? How was it?
2: It's very, very sweet. That is one thing about Mike's Hard Lemonade that will never change is that it's basically a melted Jolly Rancher um, in the amount of sugar that is in this can. So, if you like that and you hate the taste of alcohol, you won't taste it. Otherwise, I think it just gave me a headache with the amount of sugar I just drank. That sounds kind of gross. Yeah, it's, it's not that great. Beth, how about you?
1: My house was good, but I didn't finish it. I didn't even drink half of half of a can of it. <laughs> but it's super late at night, and this is not my favorite flavor. It's good, but I just wasn't in the mood for this drink, I think. I think I should have made some tea, something like warm mm. and comforting. What about you, Julia? You did have tea, which is warm and comforting.
0: I did, and it was good. I needed an herbal tea because, again, n- not a time for caffeine right now. Um, I would say it's probably more pomegranate than raspberry to me. Mm. But honestly, it's kind of hard to tell. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but it's a good and I feel like pretty strong herbal tea. So if you're interested, if it sounds good to you, I would give it a try. Twin Inks. Honestly, you really can't go wrong. So you're saying I would like it? Yeah, I think so.
1: All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this discussion of Austin Land. Um, Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Every review helps us out. And y'all, we just are celebrating the milestone of over 5,500 downloads. We're, We're so excited and thank all of you for your support. Um please continue to follow us on Instagram. We are at Sips and Sensibility Pod. And you can like us on Facebook at Sips and Sensibility. Guys, I'm so excited about
2: next time. So we are watching Drumroll uh Miss Austin Regrets, which you can find on Britbox um with a Britbox subscription which you can get a free trial for through Amazon Prime. There's like a way you can do it there or you can do it through the BritBox website. But I'm not just excited that we're doing it because it's Jane Austen related. Do you know who is in this film? Who? Who? It's Tom Hiddleston, y'all. Hi. Oh my God. <laughs> So I'm getting a double dose of uh, Tom Hiddleston because Loki is out, y'all. So... I am going to enjoy enjoy watching this film. You're living the dream. I am living the dream, y'all. <laughs> so, until next time. Keep on sipping, y'all.